Hey everyone, and welcome back to the It's Cats Pod. Um, this is Cat, and today we're going to be talking about something that is prevalent in most dating situations, and that is red flags. Today we're going to be talking about a few red flags. I'm not going to talk about all of them because I don't want this podcast to get super duper long, uh, but maybe we'll do a part two of it if we don't get through all of them. I do have a list here, so we're going to go through them and kind of give um, scenarios or examples of... Do I keep saying we? It's me. I. I am going to be giving examples of red flags, what to look out for, and also I'm going to be maybe giving guys some stories about stuff that I've been through, red flags that I've seen. Um, but also, I'm going to be very, very honest and probably mention some of the red flags that I see within myself. This is how I know that I'm not ready to be in a relationship right now um, because I still have stuff to work on within myself. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but I'm definitely not perfect, uh, especially when it comes to relationships. I have commitment issues. I have trust issues. I have a whole lot of shit going on in my life. So I'm going to go ahead and get into that. And I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys have any feedback on the podcast, you're more than welcome to message me. If you know me in my personal life, you can text me um, or you can just uh, follow me on Instagram at itscat91 and you can DM me at any time. And if you don't look creepy, I'll probably accept your uh, request to send me a message <laughs> if I don't know you in my real life. Um, I'm just joking. You can DM me. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get into it. So the first red flag that I'm going to be talking about is the blamer. Okay. So we all know that we've been on dates with people or in relationships with people. Even it could be the current relationship that you're in right now where you guys have went through a phrase. A phrase, <laughs> a phase. I can't talk right now. It's seven in the morning. Um, some of you have gone through a phase in your relationships, your current relationships, where it was a little bit unhealthy, and you guys have kind of worked through that and uh, and gotten over it, so that that doesn't exist anymore. Um, the blamer is the person that is constantly playing the victim in life, constantly blaming every other aspect of the world on why things aren't working out for them rather than taking responsibility on their own lives and not just complaining about something, but actually doing something about it. Or the, the blamer is also the person that when you get into like an argument is saying you, 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 it's never them. They're never the issue. You're the issue. Um, very unhealthy way to be in a relationship, honestly. Um, here's my issue. When it comes to red flags, what we need to remember is not only do we have to be able to see them and be aware of them, but we also have to be able to follow our intuition. And a lot of people don't. And But a lot of people, yeah, they just ignore it or they honestly are just not in tune to it. For me specifically, in my life, when I started dating back when I was 19, like seriously dating, not just like little boyfriends in elementary school and high school, um, I ignored red flags because I was like, no, I'm just being nuts. Like, I'm just being crazy, whatever. Like, he'll be fine. It's also important to remember that to be in a healthy relationship, you need to be able to trust a person, be loyal, know that they're loyal, respect somebody, um, but also be able and willing to accept them for exactly who they are and work for the relationship if that's really what you want. Um, I do say always believe in your intuition. It's something that I've had to learn and I am still learning um, because I fight my intuition 
every day. And I don't know why I do it because my intuition has never led me astray uh, if I really listen to it. But for some reason, I'm stubborn as hell. I'm an Aries. And so here we are, <laughs> single at 29. Um, but yeah, so the blamer in like fights and stuff is always going to be that person to be like, well, you did this. That's why we're fighting. Or you did this. That's why we're fighting. And I remember in that first relationship, that's actually something that I tried to address because I was learning about that in school, that you, um, they call it the you mentality or that you talk where you can, where the opposite is a healthier uh, way to, to fight is like kind of taking the blame on yourself or not putting the blame on the person, but rather the behavior. So instead of saying you were rude to me, that's why I'm being, that's why I'm mad. It was like, well, when you spoke to me like that, it made me feel this way. It what it's not pointing the blame on that person. It's just on the fact that they like yelled at you or were rude to you or like they made you feel like embarrassed or something. Like when you did this, this is how I reacted or this is how I felt rather than you're an asshole and this is why I'm mad. Like you see the difference there. You see what's healthy, what's not. Uh, so that's it's a red flag. It doesn't mean that it can't be changed um, or worked on. I shouldn't say changed. It doesn't mean that it can't be worked on. Anything can be worked on. Any relationship that anybody ever gets into has the potential to be a lifetime, a lifelong relationship if both parties are willing to put in the same amount of work to try to fix it. Then that's also something that I had to learn. In the, the relationship, unfortunately, with my first boyfriend, who, if you listen to the first podcast, was a narcissist. Um, that's a very difficult thing to do because with a narcissist, you're constantly in a battle uh, because they're trying to make you feel crazy. They're trying to isolate you. They're trying to make you feel like you're just nuts and you can't do anything right. And they're breaking you down like systematically <laughs> um, to make you feel inferior to them because they want to be that power in the relationship at all times and make you feel like you had no other choice but to stay. Um, so I remember like so many times cause we fought literally on a daily, we lived together for seven months and we fought every single freaking chance we get. Mind you, it was also an Aries and Leo relationship. So keep that in mind. The issue was not that compatibility. The issue was not the compatibility between the two fire signs, which is fucking insane. <laughs> But I loved it. Like, that was my most passionate relationship by far. Um, but it was also, but we were constantly, like, butting heads. I don't know if it was the dynamic between a Leo and an Aries. Because um, we're both, by nature, very passionate signs. Um, but it was more the the obstruction in that relationship or destruction destructor in that relationship was the fact that it was a, a codependent at the time or an empath and a narcissist who likes to drain the energy of that empath so I, w I wasn't a lose-lose situation either way like I wasn't going to win any fights I wasn't going to when any battles with this person because I was always to blame. He was always the victim. I was always to blame. But I remember having this conversation one night with him when probably towards the end of me living with him, I was so fed up. I was so fed up with the lies. I was so fed up with not being able to trust him. I was so fed up with 
um, constantly, constantly, constantly fighting. When I say we were always fighting, guys, we're like, trust me. It was like from the morning you wake up, it was just a battle to the end of the night. And it was just a battle. The sex was amazing, but it was always a battle. Always, always, always. And it was so destructive. And I remember him coming home from work one day and I was upset about something or another because he just drove me freaking insane. And, um, I remember like he, I was on the couch laying down and it was the dark. I was literally laying in the dark, just waiting for him to get home because I just, I think I was done that day. I was just like, I'm so fucking over this. Like something needs to change. And I need like, I, I need to try to fix this because obviously you take the onus on yourself, right? Cause you want it to work out. Nobody gets into a relationship wanting it to fail. People get into relationships thinking it's going to fail, but that's a whole other story. Um, and we're going to talk about that because our mentality is what creates our responses to people and what we've been through in the past or past experiences. But we can learn to change that. We can learn to look at things in a healthier way and deal with things in a healthier way. And that is the point of me doing this podcast because I want to be able to share, but also learn because when I look things up, for example, like these red flags and stuff, it's it's also for myself. I'm not... I'm not perfect. And, you know, if it was so easy to get into a relationship and maintain a relationship, then nobody would be single, right? Um, but yeah, that's the blamer. The blamer is somebody that always puts the onus on you, always makes you feel bad. Oh my God, I didn't finish telling my story. This is my ADHD at work. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was laying on the couch in the dark and I was so fed up with just everything. And he came home and like came straight to the couch and he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of fighting with you. I'm so tired of us blaming each other for everything. Because at this point, like I said earlier on the podcast, I was in school for, I believe social work when I was living with him. And, um, they were teaching us about this in school. And I'm like, right away when I'm learning this, I'm like, oh my God, like, this is our problem. This is what we need to do to fix it. We need to stop blaming each other for everything. Of course, it's not naive to think that way because I was in that mentality of like something seriously needs to fucking change in this relationship or it is not going to work or it's going to drive me to do something to myself that, I, you know, obviously I wouldn't be here to regret it if I did it, but, you know, that I shouldn't do. That is not worth it, especially for somebody else. Um, so we talked about it and I'm like, we need to stop blaming each other. We blame each other for everything. This is why our relationship is so unhealthy. Rather than blaming the behavior, we're blaming the person. And then we're taking it, our egos are taking a hit because like we can't do anything right and we can't do anything to fix this relationship and make it better and we're wasting our time. And it was just so bad. See, 11 minutes on the first red flag. This is my problem, everybody. This is why we're not going to get through all of them because I only have 60 minutes and this is going to be very, very difficult. The second red flag that I'm going to be talking about is the evader. Now, the evader and keep in mind that these red flags, when I'm talking about these red flags, I'm talking about these red flags when it comes to getting to know somebody like when you're in that dating stage so let's say you know we matched on okcupid or on tinder or something and we go out on a couple of dates this is the time to be looking for the red flags this is the time to be listening to to your intuition at like god speed like you need to be like 
really in tune to your intuition, trying to see like, because when you're in the stages of dating somebody, especially now at this point in my life, you, you need to be looking for these things because now I have the experience of being in a relationship. So obviously I have that like knowing of like, okay, well, these are signs of being a narcissist, for example, because it's something that I have been through that I have seen firsthand and been in firsthand. So now I know what to look for there. Um, but that's when you need to listen to your intuition because once you start dating and you're in a relationship with this person, now you have the responsibility of, okay, let, let me try to make this work. And if you catch the red flags early enough and listen to yourself, you won't, you, you might save yourself a lot of time to be honest with the wrong person and rather look at the right person. Keep in mind that karmic energy is a thing. And if you're, if the universe is trying to teach you a lesson there's a reason that you're a match to certain people and it could also be like for example I know that I've been through the relationship with that with the narcissist now when I go into like talking to people and going on dates and stuff I'm constantly looking for things that remind me of narcissistic behavior or like flag me that oh my god this person has narcissistic tendencies um and right away I'm like I know this is something that I don't want in a relationship and I've created boundaries based around that um and I, I just won't put up with it like there's no ends ifs or buts like if you come off to me as a person who's all about yourself and you're narcissistic you're not getting in my lane it's not happening you stay in yours I stay in mine I move on you do whatever the hell you're gonna do because you're never gonna learn so bye bye anyway going back to the evader the evader is somebody when you're first dating them that like um doesn't disclose any information so like Obviously, when you're dating somebody and you're trying to get to know them, you're asking questions, you're learning. If you listen to my last podcast, this is so funny because when I was writing down these red flags, I was actually like picturing people that I've dated in the past or that I've talked to in the past. I'm like, oh my God, this is what it was. This was the red flag. But like back then, like as we grow, we learn back then, I didn't know what the hell these were called. I was just like, oh, that's such an ugly... <laughs> an ugly trait yuck but now I know this is what this person was you remember Chris from the last podcast how I was saying that like when we started talking right away I was like "Ooh, this person has like a little bit of narcissistic tendencies that I don't really like um but he was the epitome of the evader I don't it was the first time I think or one of the first times that I ever was talking to somebody that like refused to disclose like just normal information about themselves. So if you guys didn't watch the last podcast, not watch, listen, damn it, listen, listen to the last podcast. You can go back and do that. And I hope you do. But I'll just give you kind of a rundown of who this person was. So Chris was this person I met online. Uh, we were texting back and forth for a bit. We never actually met. We never got to that point because he's an idiot um <laughs> and I cut that off real fast but like uh if you, you didn't listen um when me and Chris started talking obviously I was I think I was 27 years old so obviously my questions are different from somebody who's like 20 and starting to date unless they're serious obviously there's 20 year olds that just really want to start their life and are ready for that part in their life but there are a lot of 20 year olds also that are not um so he was we were talking and I asked one of the first questions I asked him like, Oh, what do you do for a living? Like, what do you do? He refused. He refused to tell me what he did for a living. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay. Um, 
but his his reasoning for it was because he thought, well, if you're asking me about that, that means you're judging me and I don't like that. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay, cool. So he never responded to that. Um, and then anytime I would ask him a question about like, oh, are you talking to other people? No, I'm not talking to other people. No, I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to you. Meanwhile, this guy would go like days without messaging me and then he would message me at night and like when he needed something and start talking to me again I was like really dude like this isn't gonna work I'm just gonna go from there but yeah the evader is somebody that like you're getting to know you're in the stages of getting to know and they like either blatantly like Chris are like I'm not gonna answer that or they just kind of go around the question um I do I, I do know I can think of another person that actually does this as well in my life, but we're just not going to talk about it. Okay. Not yet. I'm not there. Um, but yeah, like they, they go around your question. So they will like jump through hoops, hoops, not to answer your question. The thing is when you're in that, that dating stage of your relationship or getting to know somebody I shouldn't even call it the relationship when you're trying to get to know somebody to hopefully get into a relationship um questions are going to be asked that's what the point of that is and if you get a feeling that like oh this person this is why you need to be so in tune to yourself and so like just like paying attention you need to be woke people you need to be paying attention when you're on dates and stuff and getting to know somebody like if you're on a, if people show you who they are from day one, if you're paying attention, people show you signs of like the type of person they're going to be in the relationship. And for me, like, for example, with Chris, him being the evader and not disclosing information that's seemingly important. Like, I get it. You've probably been hurt in the past. You've probably been burned in the past, whatever. But you telling me, eventually I did find out, by the way, in case you guys are wondering, I did find out what he does. He owns like some sort of carrier company, like mail company. I don't know what it was. Never asked because why the fuck ask when I no longer give a shit? Uh, so I didn't. I stopped asking. I stopped asking questions because he's clearly wasn't for me like I can tell very quickly that this person's full of shit and um and that's because I listened to my intuition I gave it a chance but then when I asked him when he's taking me out and his ego came up and was like see and now you're asking me to take you out and pay for it I never asked you to pay for me dude I am a very freaking independent woman I have been working since I was 14 years old I don't need anybody to come in and pay for me I could be broke, I could be in debt, and I will still pay for myself. And if I can't afford to go somewhere, I fucking don't. If I can't afford to go on a date, like let's say, here's a thing about me that maybe you guys don't know. Well, you probably don't know, especially if you don't know me. But like for me personally, if let's say I'm in a relationship, and this happened a lot with my first relationship and my second relationship. By the time I was in my third relationship, I had no debt. Um, but for the first relationship, I remember he, we loved going on like to Niagara Falls or we went to Ottawa together. We went to, I want to say Montreal or Quebec. We went to Quebec as well. Um, I don't remember if it was specifically Montreal, but we went to Quebec as well. We went to Ottawa and, um, he was constantly, he wanted to travel, but we were broke. We were so broke. Like I was in school full time. I was working part time. Uh, we were living together. So we had bills. 
I already had accumulated debt from going to school and we were broke and he was hardly working. That's another thing that was huge for me is that, and this is why it's very hard for me to get, like, I don't want to be judgmental, but it's very hard for me to get into a relationship with somebody who isn't working because I know what it was like to have to carry that, that on my back that, you know, like he was sitting at home all day playing video games while I was working to the bone to pay for groceries and to pay our bills. And that was very, very difficult for me. And in that specific situation, anytime he like, cause his mom didn't live in Canada or his parents didn't live in Canada. They lived back home. But anytime he would message and be like, Hey, I need like a hundred bucks or I need 200 bucks. They just like send him the money. I didn't have that luxury. I don't have those parents. Mind you, his parents weren't rich, but they wanted to provide for their kid. So anytime that he asked for money, somebody would send him money, whether it was his brothers, his sister, his mom, somebody would send him money. And then he would use it for like groceries, let's say some groceries and then he wouldn't have money for the next obviously two weeks or whatever whenever he got paid and then his paychecks were exponentially small and he would put it right onto his credit card and where he was there getting paid and putting money on his credit card so that he didn't accumulate debt I was there accumulating debt I was getting paid and putting money into our lives and our livelihood and working towards you know buying groceries and paying our bills and he was paying his credit card bill so that he can pay for shit on his games that shit doesn't fly with me anymore and he didn't seemingly had no goals at the time now he seems to be doing okay but he's also a piece of shit liar so anytime that I've talked to him he's told me like at least 50 lies in one conversation I eventually like this year actually we dated back in the year 2012, I want to say. And then we broke up in 2014. And like, I, I, I can't be with somebody like that anymore. We were together for two years. And for two years, this guy focused on him. Focused on building himself and breaking me down. I accumulated so much debt in that relationship. It was nuts. But the reason I'm going off on a tangent again the reason I'm, I'm mentioning him at this uh point is that he liked to go out and like spend money and he always wanted to go on vacation and go do stuff and I'm just like we don't have the money to do where are we getting this money oh babe I'll pay like if you can pay for a freaking vacation why can't you pay for normal shit sorry my chair why can't you pay for normal shit you know what I mean like not that he wasn't, not that he wasn't contributing, but as a person who, like, I was hardly home because I was at school, placement, or work, and then I would get home at 11.30, 12 at night, or 10, 10 at night, or whatever time, late at night, carrying, like, you know, supplies, like paper towel and toilet paper and stuff, because I worked a clean tire, so anytime I needed anything, or there was a really good sale... I would buy stuff because it's stuff that we used, right? Laundry detergent, toilet paper, just normal stuff. And carrying this shit on a bus from Toronto, like midtown Toronto to Markham, you know, whenever we needed it. 
and this guy sitting on his ass playing computer games all day long. League of Legends was the game back then for him, and it just drove me nuts. It made me feel so shit, so shitty about myself because I'm here trying to build a life, and you're here paying off your debt so that you can play games. And mind you, and something that he used to say to me a lot is like, you're jealous of my games. I'm like, it's not that I'm jealous of your games. It's that you've literally isolated me from my freaking world. When I moved in, I didn't bring my computer. I brought my laptop, which broke the day we moved in because something, I guess, uh, it was piled at the bottom of my stuff. So we put my duffel bag. I don't know if I did it or he did it on top of my laptop bag and it completely broke like the the screen just cracked and it was unusable so I didn't have a laptop I didn't bring my computer uh with me because there was nowhere to put it I didn't have a desk and I couldn't afford a desk because I was a young student who was paying my school and paying my bills um and trying to pay my debt also accumulating it exponentially and um so I didn't bring anything the only thing there that I had was his laptop when he wasn't using it and he hardly wasn't using it the only time I was able to go on his laptop was when I had an assignment that I really really needed to get done and he was at work so he would let me use it if he was at work but if he was home I wasn't able to use his his laptop which is another thing that's kind of like controlling in a relationship. Um, but yeah, he always wanted to go spend money and I didn't have the money. So I'm a very independent woman. I don't need a guy to pay for my shit. If I can't afford to do something, I'm not going to go and do it. Especially at this point in my life. Um, for example, if again, I know I'm going on a tangent, but like, let's say um, I'm dating somebody and we're going to go on a date. He wants to go to dinner or whatever. If I can't afford to pay for the both of us, not that I'm like, not that I'm going to pay every time. But if in my head, if I don't have the money in my bank account or in my wallet to go there and pay for the both of us or at least pay for myself, I'm not going. And it's not because I have to pay for everything because me and him were very, when it came to like going out and whatever, that's, he spent most of his money on food and games, uh, like food, like takeout and whatever, because we had, uh, takeout a lot. Um, we were very unhealthy in that relationship, but, uh, if I didn't have the money to pay for both of us, not that I was going to pay every time. Like if he, let's say his card was declined or he didn't have the money, then we always had that backup of like, I have the money, I'll pay for it. No problem. If I can't afford to go do something, I don't want to go do it because I don't want to be put in a position where the guy doesn't have money, the money to do it. And then I don't have the money to do it. And then we just had dinner and we accumulated, I don't know, like an $80 tab and nobody has the money to pay for it. I never, ever, 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 ever want to experience that in my life, ever. So I refuse. I refuse to. I, I always make sure that if I don't have the money, we're, I'm turning down that date. And I'm saying, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to go. My, maybe in the past as well, I would just, I wouldn't be completely 100% authentic about it. I wouldn't be like, I can't afford it. In the first relationship, I would because we were very comfortable to that point where I was like, I can't afford it. I don't have money. We don't have money. Where are we going? And but in the second relationship, I did want to pay my way, but I also had a lot of debt accumulated. And um, 
yeah, it was a little bit different there. But yes, yeah, so that's my mentality. Like if I can't pay for something, I don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, going back to the evader, <laughs> off on a tangent, going back to the evader with Chris, he refused to answer questions that were seemingly important, especially in a dating stage where you're getting to know a person. If you're not willing to answer questions, you shouldn't be dating. If you're not willing to get to know somebody and have them get to know you, you shouldn't be dating. Plain and simple. Um, but yeah, in, if you see the evader in a relationship, let's say you skip that step and you don't see that red flag and it comes up in a relationship where the person just refuses to answer things, probably they're either emotionally not unstable, but emotionally like, um, what's the word stunted? Like they have their, their, their guard up emotionally guarded. That's the word. Um, they're probably emotionally guarded or they're hiding something, which then ends up bringing up trust issues, which I am also not about. I need to trust you to get into a relationship with you. It just needs to be a thing because otherwise it's just not going to work. Um, and here we are. At 28 minutes, we're going to go into the third red flag, um, which is, let's say, the secret keeper. Haha, <laughs> that's another big one for me. Um, person that's secret keeper, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. Somebody that's just hiding. And, like, it's almost like the evader, where, but not so much. Like, with Chris, for example... The fact that he was evading questions, but so blatantly being like, I don't want to answer that. Like, that, that's not okay that you're asking me. What, why are you keeping it a secret what you're doing? That's fucking weird. Is that not weird? Are you, like, maybe, are you a porn star and you're embarrassed? You don't want to tell me? I understand. But, like, it, it's that idea of, like, you can tell that they're keeping secrets or they're omitting information or they're just not telling you things. Or hiding things. My first relationship. I, I need to give these people names. Because I'm not going to name them. The only person I've ever named on this podcast is Chris. But like. My trust issues in that first relationship. Came from lies and secret keeping. Like he was, he was a liar. Like to the nth degree. Nth degree. I don't even know how to say it. He was such a liar. He was such a liar. Um, but he also hid a lot of things, which is what made me, and I, I mentioned this, I believe in the first podcast where like I was constantly because of the trust issues that built up at the beginning, because he was talking to other girls and whatever. Um, and I found out then I was constantly looking at his phone, looking at his computer, like messages to see like who he was talking to, what he was saying, if he was saying something wrong, whatever. The thing with somebody who is a hider, a secret keeper, a liar is that you catching them in their lie doesn't prevent them from lying. It makes them know how to lie and hide things better. That's what it ended up being. So anytime, like, for example, something that is concrete uh, with him was that uh, anytime he was, we were like watching a movie or something on Netflix in his bed or whatever. He always had Skype open for some reason. I don't know why. It's so weird. But he always had Skype open. And like when a message would pop up. Like a notification. Like oh this person messaged you. I would tune into that so quickly. And I would look so quickly. Before he can even read. Because I was so untrusting of him. And 
uh, let's say if he, like, if I saw it, I wouldn't say anything. I would just be like, okay, whatever. And I would just continue watching. And then if he would leave the room, girl, you better know that I was opening that message to see what was going on or who, not even what was going on, but who it was. And, um, I remember one time that happened and it was the girl, I mentioned a girl that like was always the big, um, problem in our relationship because he tried to hide her very early on which I didn't like and pretended like put her name in his phone as a guy's name so that I wouldn't know that he was talking to this girl and uh, I found out because I didn't trust him and he was sleeping one day at my parents house and uh, I took his phone I took a picture on my phone of the phone number I called the phone number and a girl picked up and I hung up and then I woke him up pissed I was pissed um but yeah, when it comes to the uh, seeker keeper, like he will do anything in his power to hide something from you, even if it's something stupid. Like his excuse for lying to me or, or hiding things from me was always that you're going to get mad if I tell you the truth. No, 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 no. And I think I've mentioned this before in another podcast. People need to get it straight that at least in my situation, but I believe in a lot of situations I don't get mad at you because you did something. I get mad at you because you hit it and you lied to me about it. Because if we're going to be in a relationship, then you need to be telling me the truth and I need to be telling you the truth. The same respect that you expect from me, I expect from you. The thing with him was, and any seeker keeper I would assume, is that you would call him out or I would call him out on it and then he would just learn how to hide it faster. Like he started deleting his his um, internet history. He started, you know, having these conversations and deleting the conversation. Um, on his phone, he would be texting somebody. As soon as he finished texting them, he would delete that te- the, the log. Or if he was on the phone with people, like girls, he would speak to them and then delete the log again. So the thing is, I was super speedy when it came to that stuff because I was so on edge in that relationship at all times. As soon as I would get any chance to like look at it when he wasn't there, I would find it. And then I wouldn't say anything sometimes. And then I would look again the next day or in, in a few hours and that log would be gone. Because he didn't want me to find it. So it's that kind of stuff that you have to pay attention to. Like being on a date, for example, and he, like, let's say he's texting. Um, and I've been through this before, before as well. After that first relationship. And because of the trust issues I had in that first relationship, I was on edge. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Like when they're, let's say you're at the movies. This is actually a real example. I'm at the movies with somebody and, you know, they're getting a message. When they go to look at their phone, they're hiding their phone. So they're not just looking at it like a normal person. If you look at your phone to just text a regular person, you have nothing to hide. You're just looking straight down at your phone and texting. When it comes to somebody who's hiding something, a big red flag is that their phone, when they're looking at their phone, their phone is kind of off to the side or like slanted so that you can't see the screen that that poses an issue for me because I'm like first of all like I said in my first uh, podcast I made myself a promise that after that first relationship I was never going to get into another relationship where I felt the need to look through your devices um because I don't trust you if I have to do that then I'm not going to be with you plain simple not happening um so when it comes when it came to that in another relationship, I was like, no, you know what? 
he never gave me a reason not to trust him. So I'm going to trust him. Uh, so I kind of let it go and it turned out to be nothing. Like he wasn't hiding anything. So that's fine. But like, that's a big red flag when they're like constantly hiding their devices or like something that's very uh, popular is, um, especially it's a trend on TikTok where a girl will pull out her camera or whatever and is recording and then she'll be like, hey babe, can I have your phone? And he'll give her the phone without looking at it, without questioning it. That shows me that they have nothing to hide, right? Like if you if your girl can't even hold your phone, I personally don't put passwords on my phone. Number one, I think they're super annoying to like constantly have to put in a password every time you turn on your phone. I don't put passwords on my phone. Um, when it comes, that's another issue that I had in my first relationship was that his phone always had a password. And not that I'm, I'm saying you shouldn't have a password on your phone because there are people out there that will look through your phone that don't even freaking know you, um, which I don't condone. Um, but I get, I get why people have you know, uh, passwords on their phone and their fingerprints or their face detector or whatever. I get it. There's a reason for it. But with him, he was constantly changing his password when he was doing something wrong, even if he wasn't doing something wrong. And that could have been a narcissistic thing too, of like, I'm going to make her feel crazy because every other day or every few days he'll change his password, which even if he's not doing something wrong as a narcissist, he would do it to drive me freaking crazy because he's like, you know, if I saw that his password had changed, I'd be like, oh, so why did you change your password? What are you trying to hide? Meanwhile, he could have been trying to hide nothing, but he was changing his password to make me feel like he is hiding something so that I would have a fit or I would like have even more trust issues with him. And then he would blame me for having trust issues. And then he would like, it was just stupid. It was such a stupid relationship. Like, and it angers me so much. And it's just shit that like really because I was in such a low state in my life because of him because he put me in that position and obviously I was a match to that position for a reason. I was a match to that relationship for a reason. I was broken inside. I get that. It was my first relationship. I was young. I was learning. I was madly in love with this person and so it was very very difficult. It was a difficult relationship for me. I know that like I, I kind of paint him as like the evil person but he wasn't an evil person. The, the truth about a narcissist is that they're very, very fucking insecure. That's what it is. They're just insecure people who don't love themselves and feel the need to, instead of uh, try to, you know, help themselves and fix that, they just feed off of the energy of other people to make themselves feel superior and make themselves feel like the part of themselves that they hate, that's not real. I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. That's what a narcissist does. That's the problem with the narcissist. They look like the most confident people and they're the most insecure people and probably self-loathing, the most self-loathing people you'll ever meet. Um, but yeah, I go back. It is somebody that's just trying to hide things all the time, changing passwords all the time, um, you know, deleting their log all the time. Like for me, for a long time, what I would do is... I would accumulate my log from my logs for a month and I would delete everything with call logs and uh, and text messaging. Logs. I would just delete them after a month. If I don't actively talk to the person, it would be gone. But that was just for like my own 
I don't want to say OCD, but like my own um, organization, you know, like I wanted to be able to see, okay, these are the calls I had this month in case I'm looking for a random number that I called throughout the month that's not necessarily on my phone. Then I would look for the number and I would know like, okay, I called them this month. Here's the number and I would call the number. Uh, it was more for my peace of mind. And honestly, um, just so that I stayed organized, especially in my text messages, I didn't want to see a whole like cluster of people that I hardly ever talk to that are logs from like a year ago that are just there. Unless it's important like work situation where you need to have like proof of something or whatever the case may be. You don't delete important conversations, but most of the conversations I would just delete. Um, if somebody's constantly deleting every day, but they're only deleting one person or one part of their log, that poses a problem. When somebody feels the need to take their phone with them everywhere they go like let's say you're sitting in the living room both together watching a movie or something and they get up to go to the washroom and every single time they get up to go anywhere or the kitchen to grab a drink they take their phone with them um mind you like if you know don't start like looking at it like oh why are you taking your phone everywhere if they haven't given you a reason not to trust them just trust them but for that situation I didn't trust him because of obviously shit that he had done. So anytime he would take his phone somewhere right away, I'd be on red alert being like, why the fuck does he have his phone with him in the kitchen to get a pop? Or why the hell does he have his phone with him to go to the bathroom? He was a very big germaphobe. That's another thing to take into account. He was, he was the dirtiest germaphobe I've ever seen in my life. If you looked at him, I, I don't mean, maybe I do actually. He was hygienically he wasn't very clean um <laughs> great to admit that i was with this dirty asshole but like he hygienically he wasn't very clean he hardly had to leave the house so if you're not gonna leave the house every day why are you gonna shower every day um it's whatever but uh hygienically he wasn't clean but with his hands and with his clothes he was so I'm going to say obsessive, like OCD about it. Like he would come inside and vigorously wash his hands. I'm, I'm surprised this guy even had freaking skin on his hands at this point. He wouldn't touch a towel, like a, um, a kitchen towel, always use paper towel. Um, he would go to somebody's house and always wash his hands and use, he had to use a, a napkin or something. He would never touch a towel, which I get there's, sorry, there's germs on towels. I get that. But this guy in his everyday life was disgusting. He was disgusting. He was messy. He was unorganized. Um, but you couldn't touch his stuff with, with hands from outside. If you came into his house, um, obviously I'm more just like a regular guest. Like for me, if I was going to his house as his girlfriend, um, before we lived together and even when we did live together if I was coming home I was not allowed to sit on that couch with my outdoor clothes I was not allowed to sit on the bed with our outdoor clothes I was not allowed to touch his computer without washing my hands I was not allowed to touch his phone without washing my hands he would touch his phone with a napkin he probably or, or a tissue paper like a, a Kleenex he probably still does it to this day he would not touch his phone if he were at home without a Kleenex so around his phone was always a Kleenex when it was at home was so weird but he just he either he didn't understand the concept of germs to the extent that he thinks he did or he was just a really bad like germaphobe when it came to his OCD about his hands he couldn't touch his like you couldn't touch his face which is fine I don't like people touch my neck that's a big thing I'm not a neck don't touch my neck like if we're just just generally 
generally sitting around and you come in like touch my neck or whatever I, I, I squirm I hate it I hate that feeling um but like he was just you couldn't there were so many things that you couldn't do so many restrictions with this person if you have like I've never had a cold sore in my life here's another example never had a cold sore in my life but you know how every once in a while like I I used to catch dogs whatever I would get like a little bit of um like a hive almost like underneath my lip and it looked like it was connecting to my lip and if he had any inkling that you had like a cold sore he wouldn't come near you he wouldn't come near you because you have a cold sore and you're gonna give him a cold sore I've never had a cold sore in my entire life ever ever I don't want a cold sore either let's be real like if my mom has a cold sore or my dad has a cold sore don't kiss me because I don't want to get it you know once you start getting cold sores you're always going to have cold sores um not that it's the end of the world but I just I, I'd rather not have it um but yeah keep that in mind I know my story I always go off on a tangent because I have examples for like everything here um not to say that I've never kept secrets by the way not to say that I've never been the blamer in the relationship like I admitted I did I did put blame on people but I had to learn that that wasn't healthy behavior and I had to learn how to argue uh like have an argument or debate with somebody without putting blame because it just ruins your relationship it just like it's horrible because when you're putting blame on somebody, you're attacking the person that they are. You're not attacking the behavior. So it's very destructive, especially in a relationship. So I'm not sitting here being like, I've never done any of these things. I'm perfect. You have to watch out for other people, but like, don't put any onus on yourself. No, put onus on yourself because looking at these red flags, like I said at the beginning, I think that's the last red flag we're going to go through today. By the way, there's going to be many of these, uh, just sporadically throughout the podcast but like you need to be able to be self-aware enough like when I was looking at these red flags I was like okay this reminds me of this person this reminds me of this person this reminds me of this situation this reminds me of me and as soon as they saw oh my god this reminds me of me I'm like immediately something needs to change I need to fix something in myself I need to figure out why that's the person that I am why I have that red flag and I need to go internally and try to figure out how I can change that pattern because the, the fact of the matter is having any of these red flags is an issue is an issue but it's not an issue that I can go into a relationship with like mind you the blamer is one of those exceptions where like I can go in and we can work on it together as long as both people are willing to work on it but you can't go into a relationship and be like he's constantly blaming me and I have to change you I have to change you no you change yourself you change your perspective you change the person you are and they either change with you or they change away from you and then it doesn't work out and that's fine same idea of like growing you either grow together or you grow apart not to say that you have to completely merge your lives when you're with somebody I mean you do eventually like you merge but you always have to be if you can't stand if you're in a relationship and you're right away go in and you're like one person and you can't stand on your own either of you that's a very codependent relationship that is you and him or you and her or whoever you're with you and your partner relying on each other for your happiness 
and that's also not healthy. If you can't, this is where I am in my my life right now, um, and the reason why my last relationship didn't work out is because there is so much internally for me right now at this point in my life, but I still have not healed. And it obstructs my relationships. It obstructs me from getting close to people emotionally. And it's something that I had to come to the conclusion of. Unfortunately, I came to the conclusion while I was in a relationship um, with a great person. But at the end of the day, it was stopping me from living my best life. It was stopping me from reaching for the stars and reaching for my goals and making goals and being motivated and living my life for me. Um, mind you, if I compare my relationship with the first guy to the relationships that I have now, I'm very freaking different. Like you, it, it, it's so strange because when I look back at my first relationship, I look at myself or I think of myself and I'm like, who was that? It, it's like, that was a part of me that I had to leave in there. I had to leave that fragment of me in the past because I learned a lesson there. Um, and I don't need to take that destructive behavior with me in my life. Mind you, little parts of that person are still in me, but I'm very different. I'm very, very different, especially when it comes to relationships. Like for, like I keep saying, like I now know what to look for, what I want, what I don't want. And I won't settle for anything less than what I want. Um, but also, if something is missing, if something is not right, I'm going to try to fix it within myself. Like with this last relationship, I tried to fix it within the relationship, within myself. But what ended up happening is some of these other red flags, these other things, is that I was very quick-tempered. Like, I was so quick to get angry. I was so quick to get irritated. Um, Maybe not angry. Angry is probably not the word, but irritated. Like, I would just get irritated at everything because I haven't figured shit out for myself. So everything freaking triggered me, everything. And it annoyed the shit out of me. And it like, I think that was the biggest thing for me is like, nobody deserves, if you're not ready to be in a relationship, people don't be in a relationship. And this is something that I'm learning too, because what ends up happening when you're not ready for a relationship and you're not stable enough to be in a relationship, you end up putting the blame on somebody else and making them feel like they're not good enough. And that's bullshit. That's not fair. And that's something in this relationship that I really had to learn and I had to put into perspective of like, this isn't, he's not the problem here. You're the problem. And you need to change your behavior in the way that you look at things and you need to fix it within yourself. I started to dislike the person that I was with when I was with him. And not like just gen generally speaking, like I was still working on my career. I went back to school. I, I, you know, I had my little business going on for a while. Um, and I, I'm very, I'm a self-made person. I'm a very independent person. But when it came to like the way that I reacted to things that he did, and I noticed this in my last relationship too. And I actually had this conversation with him last night that like there were, there were just things that I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't like about myself in that relationship. And, you know, he was that mature, emotionally mature person that was like, well, we could have talked about it. We could have worked it out. And here I am in my head. And I'm like, no, we couldn't have because I've built it up so long in my head that I couldn't go back. I've built it up so much and realized so much my faults in this relationship and realized I, I'm self-aware enough to know when I need to work on something. Maybe not everything, I'm not perfect, but I'm self-aware enough to know like, hey, you're treating this person unfairly, you need to look into yourself and fix it. 
Hey, this triggers you. Okay, let me look internally and try to figure out why this triggers me and try to heal it so that I don't treat this person unfairly or unjustly. Like I am very much that person. So when it came down to it, obviously there were other aspects of relation, the relationship that weren't working for me, um, just on an emotional level and whatnot, which also caused the relationship to break down. Uh, the tower, if you're into tarot, is that like that foundation was not built strong enough, uh, built up strong enough for it to last and it to work. And um, that's what it comes down to is like, if you're not whole as a person, I mean, you don't have to be like, the, you, you don't have to be perfect. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. But if you're not able to know where your happiness stands within yourself and what makes you happy within yourself, don't go looking for happiness in somebody else. Don't go looking for somebody else to make you happy or to fill a void within yourself because that's not how it works and it's not healthy. I'm a very independent person. Um, and I learned from my first relationship not to depend on anybody, which can be a good thing and a bad thing because I do find faults in it as well. Where like, I don't give you, I don't give people enough credit to rely on them. I have that mentality as like a core belief that if you want something done right, you do it yourself. And that is also a very destructive way to think. You have to be able to put trust in people. You have to be able to rely on people. But then in that same vein, if somebody is showing you that they're not 100% reliable when you need them, and then it ends up being that they're disappointing you all the time, that's another red flag in a relationship. That's another sign that it's not going to work. But you don't try to change. The key is you don't try to change the other person. You try to fix whatever needs to be healed within yourself. And if it's meant to heal them as well, if they're your person, it'll heal them as well. You don't need to even have a conversation with them to heal them and to change them or, or, or to change the behavior because the fact of the matter is the perspective is yours if you decide to look at something with a negative perspective it's always going to be a negative outcome if you decide to look at something with a positive perspective it's going to be a positive outcome if you wake up every morning and you thank the universe or you thank your whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in for another day another breath you're already starting the day off on a positive note if you wake up and it's like Ugh, I didn't want to get up this morning. I'm so tired. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do this. Why do I have to go to work every day? If you wake up with that mentality, are you really think, looking at your life in a positive way? Are you really thankful for being here? Are you really, so many people die every single day and we've seen it obviously so much more clearly in this past few months with the coronavirus going around that people are, you know, life is so short. And this is why it's so difficult for me, like to be in a relationship where I know something is wrong or I know something is missing. I know there's something out there. I know there's somebody out there. And I've mentioned in my first first episode, I believe as well, of like somebody telling me sometimes you just need to settle. <sighs> Here's the thing with that. You need to be able to accept a person fully, 100% to be with them. But that doesn't mean you accept everybody fully for who they are. Like you're not going to get into a destructive relationship. For example, if I were to get into the relationship now knowing, knowing what I know now about narcissists and all that, if that person were to come into my life now as a new person with those same behaviors and whatever, saying, oh, you just have to settle. Why? You're telling me that I have to accept this person even though they make me miserable, even though they treat me badly, even though they gaslight me any chance they can, even though they make me feel inferior, even though they break me down. Yes, that's not always true. The relationships, the last two relationships that I was in were, were great. 
but there were things that crossed my boundaries that I couldn't let happen. Like there were things that I couldn't settle for. Okay. So one of the biggest triggers and I'm running out of time, I'm at 55 minutes, but one of the biggest triggers in my second relationship was that he hid me. He hid me for a long time. I was with him for three years. I only met his family a month before we broke up. And that's because I inserted myself into his life. I inserted myself into his family because I was tired of him having this great relationship with my family and not just my immediate family, with my extended family, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. He knew everybody and I knew nobody in his life except for his brother in passing because his brother had worked with us one, once upon a time. But in all honesty, when he did work with us, I had no idea who the hell he was because me and me and this guy weren't dating yet. So it, that's, that's something that affected me right from the beginning of the relationship and closed me off right from the beginning of the relationship because it made me feel like there was something wrong with me. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough, that I had to be hidden. And I wasn't just hidden from his family. For a long time, obviously the, the, the work, this uh, situation was different. Like we worked together, um, he was my boss. He didn't want to tell people, he didn't want to tell our boss because he didn't want people to think that he was favoring me. And I under, as much as I understood it, it also hurt me as well because I knew, for example, at that time that that owner of the store or whatever would would talk crap about me or say negative things about me or like vent about me to him. And he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't tell me and he wouldn't stand up for me. And that to me hurt me because I'm like, I need somebody who's going to stand up. Not that I need somebody to defend my honor, but when it comes down to it, if there's a situation that needs you to defend me, you better fucking be defending me. You better be showing me that you're mad enough to defend me because guess what? If the opposite were true and I was in that situation, even if the person didn't know we were together, I would defend you to the fucking bone because I love you. And I expect that same respect. I want to be with a man that can defend my honor and let me defend his honor without being too prideful. And I want to be with somebody who's not hiding me. Because guess what? And we will learn later in podcasts, I hid myself for 29 fucking years. And that is something that I only learned recently. I've been hiding myself my whole life in different aspects. And of course, we'll get into it when I'm ready to go into it in different podcasts. But I hid myself for so long. I hid who I was for so long. And I think that's why it triggered me so much in other in relationships when there was a sign of somebody hiding me. I'm like, why are you hiding me? What's wrong with me? Why are you embarrassing me? Why don't you want to like, why don't you love me enough to want to show me around? And of course, it wasn't as black and white as that. There were reasons beyond me as to why he felt the need to hide it and whatever. But um, when I did meet his family, they were lovely. <laughs> they were such nice freaking people. And I was like, right away, I was overwhelmed with this, this thing of like, why? I, I don't understand why you hid me for so long. This whole time I thought it was either something really wrong with me or they were just really judgmental people, but they weren't. They were so great. So I was very confused. But again, it's something that I have to work on within myself. 
myself. Your work is always internal. Never try to fix, never try to change anybody. Change yourself, fix yourself, change your perspective. And on that note, we're going to end the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm sorry we didn't get through all of these. We're not going to get through them anytime soon. We're going to continue to make, um, to have these conversations. I'm going to have, uh, I don't know if it'll be the next podcast where I'll continue, but in future podcasts, I'll talk more about red flags. Uh, but for now that's it because I talk too much and, um, I will see you guys. Hopefully you tune in for the next episode. I hope you guys are staying safe. If you're going back to work, good luck. If you're still home, good luck. And I wish you guys the best. I'll see you next time.